Angela Bowen here, the host of Together, We're Gonna Find Our Way, an unofficial Silver Spoons podcast. How's everyone doing today? I'm doing good. Yesterday was my birthday. I had a good day. Went and saw the movie The Art of Racing in the Rain, excuse me, which is based on a book by Garth Stein. I would have read it back in, I think, maybe 2011. It's a really, really good book. And for the longest time, I hoped, just like with the book A Dog's Purpose, I'd hoped that a movie would come from it because I just, I loved it so much. But it, the movie definitely didn't do justice. They pretty much touched on, like, 98% of the stuff that was in the book. Because as I was watching the movie, stuff from the book was coming back to my mind. Like, oh yeah, there is one thing, of course, that they did not put in the movie, which is just as well, because it. I think, honestly, it would have thrown the movie off balance. So, they changed something up to kind of make it make sense. So, yeah, but overall, loved it, loved it. I was already tearing up in the beginning of the movie. And much like A Dog's Purpose, it's exactly that with the same thing with Art of Racing in the Rain. It's told from the dog's point of view. In A Dog's Purpose, it was Bailey. In The Art of Racing in the Rain, we have Enzo. who's kind of telling us about his life and how he views life and his love for his owner and everything like that. And just adapting to all the changes and stuff that, you know, go through a dog. And, and the dog, honestly, I mean, when they said that dog was 10 years old, like, as the movie progressed, I'm like... Where's the Because it was a golden retriever, you know, as they get older, they get kind of like a white, you know, mask on their face, kind of show their age and everything like that. So eventually towards the end, it finally it's like, okay, now you're looking like the dog is starting to actually age. So, it's even so, I mean, the guy was going on runs with his dog and his dog's like 10 years old. It's like, e the dog's getting up there. You'd think that they would have, you know, issues or something like that with with their legs or what I mean all dogs are different so but anyway overall loved it loved it loved it um for dinner I went out to Applebee's um we went I got the um it's like a four cheese mac and cheese but with penne pasta and it had uh honey pepper chicken and bacon it was really really good I really liked it um also as an appetizer I got um the sweet Asian chili boneless wings, which were really good. So, and I totally forgot. I wish I had mentioned it was my birthday. Because they had come out to sing from one guy. But I'm thinking, we were kind of under a time crunch. Because we had to be um, at the hot tub place before 7.30. And we still wanted to get out to, you know, go to my dad's headstone. Which we did. Um... 
it was really, really beautiful. Unfortunately, the stuff I put out there for Father's Day, I put two little toy tractors, and I put, the, I sealed them up in, you know, plastic Ziploc bag. You know, I put a note on there that said Happy Father's Day, you know, from Angela. And there were two tractor, little tractors, and then a hay wagon, and then I had gotten a combine. Now, when I went there, the combine was still there, but the three other things I had were gone. No one knows what happened. And I asked Pam about it, and she said, you know, they were out there, like, a couple weeks ago when... And even when I took Jeremy's mom out there, before they even put the headstone up, those things were there. So between that time and to yesterday, it's like, where did they go? And it's like, it had been a great day so far, and it was, you know, a nice... You know, ending to my birthday, but that just really shook me. It's like I spent my money to go and put that on my dad's headstone, and for someone's probably someone's kid, I don't know, went and took them. I mean, they were in plastic and they were in whatever hard plastic those little toys come in. So, what the heck? Now I'm really hesitant to ever really put anything out there now because I don't want it to be taken. And that sucks because this experience pretty much has robbed me of being able to do that for my dad. So, yeah. So that just, that did put a damper on it yesterday. I was upset about that. Well, let's say hey to some podcast listeners after I tell you what today's episode is going to be about. Season 3, episode 18, Rick and the Legend, which aired on February 17th, 1985. Edward suspects Rick's new friend of being a thief. This episode has a 7.2 out of 10 rating based on 19 ratings. Directed by Jack Shea, writers David W. Duclan, Ron Levitt, Michael G. Moy, Stephen Pritzker, Martin Cohen, Howard Leeds, and Ben Starr. All creators and writers. Let's see. Steve Anton plays Ledge, which is short for Legendary. Let's see. What else this dude's been in? He was he played a character named Troy in The Goonies, which I have not seen The Goonies yet. I do have the movie. I just have not seen it. Alright, no trivia for this episode. Alright, let's say hey to Reno, Nevada, Westville, Oklahoma, Round Rock, Texas, Staten Island, New York, Phoenix, Arizona, California, California, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Marion, Iowa, Grand Rapids, Michigan, Swanee, Georgia, Bloomington, California, Mount Vernon, New York, Oswego, Illinois, North Hollywood, California, Oakville, Canada, Poland, Sheboygan, Wisconsin, Park Hills, Missouri, Canada, Yorba Linda, California, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Thailand, Hampshire, Illinois, Scotts Valley, California, Sydney, Australia, Ireland, Lowell, Massachusetts, Jacksonville, Florida, Fayetteville, North Carolina, Australia, Budapest, Hungary, Hungary, Portland, Oregon, Norristown, Pennsylvania, Vancouver, Washington, Huntington Station, New York, Taft, California, Russia, Patterson, New Jersey, Long, Long Beach, California, Dallas, Texas, 
Chicago, Illinois, Sunba Sunnyvale, California, and Mountain View, California. All right. Well, real quick, I want to um, talk real quick about a um, book that I highly, highly, highly recommend. This is going to go down as one of my favorite books that I've read in 2019. Of course, the book I'm talking about is The Remarkable Journey of Coyote Sunrise by Dan Gemenhart. I think it's G-E-M-E-I-N-H-A-R-T. And this book actually came out in January of this year. Alright, let me read the book description. Five years, that's how long Coyote and her dad Rodeo have lived on the road in an old school bus. Crisscrossing the nation, it's also how long ago Coyote lost her mom and two sisters in a car crash. Coyote hasn't been home in all that time. But when she learns that the park in her old neighborhood is being demolished, the very same park where she, her mom, and her sisters buried a treasured memory box, she devises an elaborate plan to get her dad to drive 3,600 miles back to Washington State in four days without him realizing it. Along the way, they'll pick up a strange crew of misfit travelers. Lester has a lady love to meet. Salvador and his mom are looking to start over. Val needs a safe place to be herself. And then there's Gladys. Over the course of a thousand, over the course of thousands of miles, Coyote will learn that going home can sometimes be the hardest journey of all. But would. We'll but that with friends by her side, she just might be able to turn her once upon a time into a happily ever after. Gladys, by the way, is actually um, a goat who comes in really, really handy towards the end of the book. She really, really does. Um, I loved this book. I, I rarely cry in books. And this book got me. I just, I, I love Coyote and her dad's relationship. I love the, the cat that she picks up right in the beginning of the book. She names Ivan after the book, the one and only Ivan, which I haven't read, but I did actually order the book shortly after I started reading this. Because I'm like, I want to read the one and only Ivan. I've heard great things about the book. Um, I also have uh, Catherine Applegate's other book, Crenshaw, which I haven't read yet, but I think deals with homelessness um let's see uh, oh um i like the care uh, the characters they pick up along the way with uh lester that's the first guy that they pick up they're in like a diner and of course coyote needs to get to this place she knows her dad does not want to go there she he does not want to go back to washington where the place of where they lived where you know, memories of his wife and his two other daughters are. And Coyote figures they need another driver to be able... Because that is a long haul to go from... I think they start in, like, in Florida. And they got to go all the way out to Washington. So they pick him up. Accidentally, she gets left at a gas station. And, of course, this lady comes up like, Oh, are you lost? And then she's this lady's going to, like, get a hold of the police or something. Luckily, there's a boy named Salvador there to help Coyote out. And says, hey, there's a window in the bathroom. Get out there. There's a car waiting. My mom's there. Just, 
I told her all about you, just get in there. So they kind of save her butt there from getting in trouble with the cops. Luckily, Coyote's dad and Lester realize she's not on the bus. I don't I don't think they were gone more than like a half hour or so. But still, it's like, oh crap. <laughs> and then, yeah, they, they meet Salvador and his mom. You know, they're looking to start over and the car she's in isn't running that well so they offer to take them where they need to go to meet Salvador's mom's sister and then they meet um, Val who is a, a character in, in herself and everything she's a teenage girl who's 19 I'm gonna tell you that that whole thing with her is gonna come to a head at the end and you're gonna be a little irritated with her but uh well maybe you won't be but I kind of was but overall guys beautiful book amazing I read uh this as a physical copy not an audible but it is available on audible to read I highly recommend this book is going to give you all the feels I laughed I cried and like I said I rarely cry in books hardly ever so the fact that this book made me cry and feel all the feelings I think it was just because of rodeo and her and Kai well rodeo is they each kind of gave themselves new identities when you know Coyote's mother and sisters passed away and everything her and her dad decided to hit the road on that bus for five years and like they gave themselves new identities like we're shrugging away the old life on with the new and stuff like that and I think her relationship with her dad just really got to me just because it made me think of my dad and it's just like oh but yeah that's the book guys Let's get into this episode. Um, if you want to email the podcast, you can do so at silverspoonspodcast at gmail.com. Also, on Facebook, together we're going to find our way, an unofficial Silverspoons podcast. And Instagram at silverspoonspodcast. Also, I'm running a, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm running a contest that I will be picking a winner for the season one copy of silver spoons so i'll be picking a winner next sunday if you would like to enter just go to the facebook page and comment below on the post and i will put your name in the jar all right let's get into this episode so we open up the episode we're at the stairs and we see edward come down he's in his eddie toys sleeveless sweater with a hooded sweater underneath and he is all about the fitness as he's stretching out his his calves and all that good stuff. And he goes out, as soon as he goes out the door, the phone rings. Like, you gotta be kidding me, really? Now he can't even get in his house. What in the world did you, oh, I bet it locked. I bet he doesn't have his keys. Now he goes over to the French doors and tries to open them. They're locked, of course. Like, what in the world? He doesn't have his keys on him, man. Not to mention, he doesn't have any type of music to listen to. Not, you don't necessarily need music to jog, I guess. But doesn't it kind of help you? I mean, when I go on walks, I usually will have something to listen to. Kind of helps motivate me to keep me going. 
It almost says, it almost sounds as he's rattling. He's going to each of the f sets of French doors. And it almost sounds like he's... <sighs> that phone is still ringing, so they don't... I thought he had an answering machine, but that might be in the library. Well, he managed to get in some way, so that's good as he comes through the library. I bet by the time he gets there, that the person will have finally hung up. I'm gonna play. He picks up the phone and then the person's hung up. You gotta be kidding me. What? Hello? I'm sure you'll call back. Call again sometime. <laughs> You can't overdo that jogging stuff. Right. Son, how'd you get home from school so fast? My friend Ledge drove me. That's him parking his wheels. You have a friend that drives a cement mixer? Do you know how hard it is to make a car sound that cool? Yeah, you don't tune it for six years and then you take the muffler off. Do me a favor, Dad. When Ledge comes in, please don't make any jokes about his car. I won't have to. I can make jokes about his name. <laughs> Why's it called Ledge? It's short for legend. Ah. Good thing his nickname isn't stupendous. Dad, he's 16. He's my ticket into the cool crowd. I mean, anyone who even hangs around Ledge is cool by association. <laughs> I want you to meet my dad. Dad, this is Ledge and Abner. Ledge is my dad. Glad to meet you. Same here. <laughs> nice place you got here, Jake. Jake? Ledge calls everybody Jake. Ah. That's nice. Why? It's <laughs> my thing. What do you call people named Jake? I never met anybody named Jake. But I guess I call him Jake. That ledge has his own place. You do? Where are your parents? In the house, I guess. I turned our garage into an apartment. He has a, a stereo, or a refrigerator, a mattress, and a life-size poster of Christy Brinkley. Sounds real homey. Yeah, I figure sooner or later a guy's got to get his own place. Don't you ever see your parents? Yeah, I saw my mom this morning. Where do you think I got this earring? Dad, is it okay if we use the garage? Ledger's going to show me to do a lube job on his car. Did sound a little squeaky. Ledger's just about got his 66 Stang in primo condition. I'm trying to save $118 for an important part I need. A muffler? No, an 18-note car horn. Da 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 Love those horns. Oh, before I forget, will you sign this? We're taking a field trip to the UN. Oh, sure, son. Hey, nice pen, Jake. 
Is that real gold? Yeah. My grandfather gave it to me when I was a kid. Wow. This must be really old. There you go, son. Thanks. Well, I'm going to go jog. Catch you later, Jake. Isn't it amazing how it, this technology with phones now that you can actually see who's calling, you can they can leave a voicemail, you can call them right back and everything. Whereas back in the day, you didn't have that luxury of caller ID just yet. Like, if they... I mean, honestly, I mean, the person was on, you know, it was ringing for a while. So, clearly, if that person needed to get a hold of you, they would call you back. Eventually. Probably. <laughs> um, Rick comes home. He was dropped off by this guy named Legend. Or Ledge which is short for legend. And you can hear his car out there. Just This guy clearly loves his car because he's just gunning it. The guy is 16. Rick is, what, 14? So, of course, Rick thinks this dude is awesome because he's got a sweet ride. You're automatically cool just by association with this guy. And the guy comes in, he's wearing, um, like, a leather jacket. He looks like a tough. He's got an earring. And Edward is immediately kind of like, I don't know about this guy. Who is this guy? And why is... I'd be like, why does he want to hang around with a 14-year-old if he's 16? And Ledge apparently lives, what, in the garage, I believe? He's got his own refrigerator, a mattress on the floor, a stereo, and whatnot. And it's like, is this why Rick later wants to get his own place? And why he moves out to the guest house? Which we don't even learn that the Stratton Mansion has until, like, season four or five. Anyway, the guy calls everyone Jake, and Edward's like, well, what do you do? What do you call someone who already has the name Jake. And Ledge is like, well, I don't know. I've never met anyone like that. I can see definitely Edward is really questioning why. I mean, I'm sure he understands Rick's admiration of Ledge because this is an older guy. He's got his own car, which is already cool points in Rick's book. So, ay ay ay. But I immediately glammed on right away because Rick said he needed a permission slip signed for his field trip the, to the UN. And Edward pulls out this pen that Ledge right away pulls out of his hand. Like, oh, is this real gold? And Edward's like, yeah, it was given to me by my grandfather. It's an old, an old pen and now all that. And I right away, I'm like, okay, judging by the description of this guy being a thief, I'm like, he's going to steal that pen. There's no way that guy is not going to steal that pen because the fact that he ripped it right out of Edward's hand. Like, can I have it back, please? Thank you. So Edward goes off and goes jogging while Rick and Ledger are going to hang. Of course, Rick's going to want a tour of Rick's put. Ledge is going to want a tour of Rick's place. 
And let me ask you this. Have you guys ever hung out when you were younger with an older guy just because, or older friend because they have a car? Um, I'm trying to think. I Usually, most of my friends were all pretty much the same age as me, so I didn't know anyone that, you know, I wasn't friends with anyone that had a, a car before I did. Actually, to be completely honest, I was the one that had the car that was driving the friends around. I was the one that would have a couple friends like, hey, let's all go see a movie or let's all go just driving. Granted, I was also the one that got my license taken away when I was, well, not my license. I got my car taken away from me on my 18th birthday, too. So I started my senior year of high school sans car until I practically graduated high school and got a job and was able to, like, actually go places and do stuff, so. So I guess I gotta say, when Ledge comes in, he's got this swagger about him. And Rick's like, oh, Ledge, this is my dad. And Edward, of course, he holds his hand out, like, you know, for a handshake. You shake, you know, someone's hand when you meet him sometimes, right? Ledge goes up. Edward's got his hand out. He's like, hey, nice to meet you. Slap. Like, just slaps the hand. Like, oh, that's my version of a handshake. It's just to slap your hand. And Ledge's eyes are just, like, bugging out of his head. Just, oh, look at all this stuff that I could Hey, he's... He's adding things up in his head mentally of, oh, all this stuff, I could steal, blah, 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 by hanging out with this kid who's got a rich dad and lives in a mansion. And apparently Ledge calls everybody Jake. And Ledge is like, oh, well, it's my thing. Okay. <laughs> all right, yeah, Edward is just like, I don't like this guy. You can see it in his eyes, it's like, and looking at Rick, of course Rick, like I said, he wants to hang out with the big guys. He wants to be with the in crowd. He wants to be popular. And apparently associating with Ledge is going to make him super uber cool. So Rick says, hey, can we use the garage? Because Ledge is going to show me how to do a lube job. And of course, Ledge is saving up, I think it's like $118 to get a novelty horn that plays like La Cucaracha. Oh, of course Ledge is going to charge Rick for gas for driving him around. Like, hey, how's about a little, uh, yeah, some green for the gas fund since I drove you here. I never charged my friends money. Like, oh, if I'm going to drive you around, I expect you to pay me. Heck no, I never did that. Besides, it was always usually right in town anyway. So Rick gives him a 10 and says, hey, you got change for a 10? And Ledge is like, yeah, here's a quarter. And Rick's like, oh, thanks. Like, well, that $10, I mean, depending on what gas was in 1985, uh, that 10 should cover at least a week's worth of driving around. So we cut to the next scene, and Teenagers, the Untamed Beasts by Dr. T.L. Sorrento. So it's almost like they have those books. You know the books um, called What to Expect When You're Expecting a Baby or a Toddler or a Preschooler or a Teenager? They have different variations of those books. So, Edward's, like, probably seeing, is there anything in this book about, um, kids who hang out with older kids that look like thugs? Or that look like, um, they 
are delinquent. They're basically delinquents. Because, yeah. I bet Ledge is going to have... I bet Rick's probably going to start dressing like Ledge, talking like him. I bet he's going to have a heavy, heavy influence on Rick. Because Rick just seems like the kid, like, he would be impressionable. Remember when those snotty girls, like, ended up making Rick and Freddy dress all cool-like with, like, the red and the green in their hair and stuff like that, and then they're gonna pull a Dine and Dash back in Season 2? Yeah. So we hear Ledge's car being revved up as Kate comes in. Kind of like, what is with that guy? Who is that guy? Why are you letting Rick hang out with him? Would be my questions. I just had a conversation with Letch. You mean Letch? No, I mean Letch. He said if I ever broke up with you, I should give him a call. Come on, Katie was just kidding. Oh, was he? Well, why did he give me his number on this matchbook? That little punk. Why does Rick want to hang around with this guy? Why do you? Oh, he's probably around? taken in by that Matt Dillon, James Dean, Marlon Brando rebellious attitude. Oh, great! I just named my three favorite actors. <laughs> well, maybe the best thing for you to do is to tell Rick you'd prefer it if he didn't hang around with his kid anymore. Well, believe me, Kate. Every instinct in my body tells me to do that. But I'm going to follow Dr. Sorrentino's advice on this. He says that attacking your son's friend only makes your son defensive, and that I should keep in mind the three C's. Stay calm, cool, and clear-headed. So Kate calls this guy Letch, and Edward kind of corrects her, like, oh, I think you mean Ledge. And she's like, no, I mean Letch, because he just basically hit on me and said, oh, if I ever broke up with you, I should give him a call as she shows him the matchbook with Ledge's number on it. And, you know, I was just kind of wondering, why is Rick hanging out with this guy? And Kate's like, well, maybe he's attracted to the whole bad boy image of, you know, James Dean, Marlon Brando, Matt Dillon, which Matt Dillon by that time would have done The Outsiders movie. And, of course, Edward to this just rips that matchbook up right in front of him. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she even kind of tells him, like, well, maybe if you don't like the guy, maybe you should tell Rick not to hang out with him. Edward says, no, 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 I'm going to go with Dr. Sorrento's advice. And just with the three C's, calm, uh, Sorrentino, not Sorrento. And his advice is that attacking your son's friend only makes your son defensive of that friendship. It's almost like, yeah, with teenage girls, you say, don't see this guy, they're gonna, they're gonna do exactly what you don't want them to do. They're gonna go continue to date the person you don't want them to date. The three C's, stay calm, stay cool, and clear-headed. So, of course, Rick comes in, he's wearing a white t-shirt, he's got, like, oil smudges, like, all over it. He's like, hey, Jake. Edward right away's like, who are you calling Jake? Like, dang, Ed, 
Edward, that is not the, uh, you're not following those three C's, Edward. Hiya, Jake! Who are you calling Jake? Edward, what happened to the three C's? Yeah, really. Screw that book. We got it. Son, you may call me Dad, or Father, or Pater, or Pop. And even, I don't like this one a whole lot, Edward, but not Jake. Okay, Dad. Here are the keys to your Ferrari. What are you doing with these? Yeah, really. Well, it's blocked in the garage, so let's move out of the way. You let that hockey puck drive my Ferrari? Uh-oh. Ledge said there might be trouble. Well, in all fairness to your father, you should have asked permission. Yeah. Ledge said if you have to ask a parent something, it's a guaranteed no. Oh, Ledge said that, did he? Well, I'll tell you what your father says. You ever let that kid near my car again, and you're in big trouble. And two things I never want to hear again. Ledge said, and hiya, Jake. Yeah, Edward's just like, forget this book, throw it in the trash. Like, no, 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 no. Even Kate is like right behind Edward. It's like, who are you calling Jake? She's like, uh, Edward, what happened to the three C's? And he looks at the book like, forget this. No, I'm going to handle this my way. So he pretty much tells Rick, like, you can call me dad. You can call me father. You can call me pop. You know, you can even call me, and I don't like this, but you can call me Edward. Why would you tell your son it's okay to call you by your first name? I never called my dad by my first, by his first name, excuse me. Why would you? So you'd rather have Rick call him Edward versus him calling him Jake. And Rick's like, okay, Dad, here's the keys to your Ferrari. I'm like, excuse me, where did you get these? And Rick's like, oh, well, Ledge said it was blocking, you know, in the garage so he had to move it. And I would be wholly PO'd. I'd be like, excuse me, I did not give him permission to touch my car. And why are you, ugh. Yeah, I would put my foot on like, that's it. I don't want that kid in my house. I don't want him touching my car. I don't want you associating with this kid. I get that he's like, oh, if I tell Rick not to see him, he's just going to do it anyway. It's like, no. You have a right to say, if you don't like the influence that guy's got over your kid, say, no, you're not going to be friends with him. I don't like how you are when you're around him, and I don't like the how you're talking to me. Oh, it, The Ferrari was, of course Edward's got a Ferrari. But he's like, oh, well, Ledge said it was blocking the garage, so he moved it out of the way. I'm like, I cannot, oh my goodness. You, <sighs> oh, Rick. Uh, he's like, uh-oh, Ledge said there might be trouble. I'm like, excuse me, young man, you were speaking to your father there. And even Kate's backing Edward up. Like, in all fairness to your father, you should have asked. I mean, like... Dad, your car is blocking the garage. Can you please move it? Don't say, here, Ledge, here are the keys. You can move my dad's Ferrari. Do we see Alfonso in this episode? Because I wonder what Alfonso... Alfonso would probably think Ledge is cool. I don't know. So Rick is taking a play... um, A page out of Rick's play... Excuse me. Rick's taking a page out of Ledge's playbook here. We're saying, oh, well, Ledge says if you have to ask a parent, it's a guaranteed no. 
So you don't ask a parent, you just do what you feel like? This kid is 16. He may be, quote-unquote, living in the garage. How sad is that? Um, but you still have to ask parents. Unless this kid's emancipated from his parents, which I doubt it, he'd still be having to mind what his parents say. This guy, no, he needs to... Edward's got to put his foot down and say, son, I do not want you hanging out with this kid anymore. He's clearly not the best influence for you. You got a school full of other kids that you could be hanging around with. Where's Freddy? Where's Alfonso? Where's Mark? Wait, no, Mark was in junior high. Never mind. So yeah, Edward does lay down the law and says, I do not ever want to see that kid touch my vehicle. And two, I never want to hear you say Ledge says and hiya Jake. Like, no, 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 no. All right, now we're going to the, gosh, we haven't seen the bedroom in a bit. I like the, uh, the comforter that he, Rick's got on his bed. It's really reminiscent of the 80s. We got kind of a blue color, a nice light blue. We got teal, we got burgundy just mishmash shapes it's still got on the floor is this an is this a large area i think it's like an area rug because it's got like letters and numbers on it and like a um surrounding like an image in the middle there's still that um telescope that's in the bathroom still got the dartboard on the back door there there's Alfonso. Yeah, I bet he likes this dude. I bet, I bet he thinks Ledge is cool. So, Jake. I got sort of a problem. In history class, I'm supposed to do a report on a famous American. I just can't think of anyone. Well, how about John F. Kennedy? Hey, he's American and famous, but is he famous enough to fill six to eight pages? Of course. Type written double space? Uh-huh. And could you throw in footnotes in a bibliography? Oh, you want me to do this for you? Hey, thanks. And to show you my appreciation, I'll take you to the drag races Saturday night. You got a deal. Hey, Rick, maybe you can get a lot of things wrong. So it'll look like Ledge really did it himself. Good thinking. Maybe someday I'll let you do a paper for me. You mean it? What do you think? I'm going to do it? So when Rick, Ledge, and Alfonso walk into Rick's room, they all... Rick and Alfonso are definitely mimicking the ledge swagger. Like, I'm all that in a bag of chips swagger, basically. So, ledge just hops right on Rick's bed, stretches out like, Okay, look, Jake, I have a stitch here, okay? I'm supposed to write a paper on... He says, I'm supposed to do a report on a famous American. And unfortunately, Ledge says, I can't think of anyone. So, Rick, of course, is at his little table, and he's leaning far back in his chair, says, hey, how about John, uh, John F. Kennedy? 
And of course, Jake's like, oh, yeah, hey, he's American. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. But he's like, well, but is he, you know, enough, you know, well-known that I can write six to eight pages about him? And Rick's like, of course. And Legend's like, typed written double space. And basically, yeah, he's like leaning towards, hey, Rick, do this paper for me, all right? And I'm thinking, are you kidding? I, I thought Rick was like, Rick was going to turn him down. Like, uh, I'm not writing your paper for you. Because he's like, oh, can you add a bibliography too and all that? So, of course, Ledge is going to throw him like, hey, you do a solid for me, I'll take you to the drag races. Throw in footnotes and a bibliography. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Rick's like, oh, you want me to do this for you? And the guy's like, hey, thanks. Almost like, hey, you thought of the idea. And Legends like, oh, to show my appreciation for you writing my paper for me, I will take you to the drag races. So Rick's all on board, like, okay, sweet, yeah, I'll write your paper for you. Alfonso says, hey, Rick, maybe if you got a lot of things wrong on the paper, it'll look like Ledge actually wrote it himself. And apparently that's what Ledge does. He has other people write. He ain't doing schoolwork, heck no! He's got a car! Anyone who wants a ride, like, hey, yeah, I'll give you a ride, but you have to do something for me. Ledge is like, good thinking! Maybe one day I'll let you do a paper for me, too. Oh, God. These guys are like puppies. They're just, uh, Rick and Alfonso with the big eyes. And they, oh, I'll do whatever! Anything to fit in. Of course, like, oh, what do you think? I'm gonna do it? <laughs> like, I don't ever do any homework. I have people do it for me. So we see a butler. I don't think we've seen this guy before. Because he comes down with, like, a shirt and a suit jacket and asks if there's anything else, like, that you want me to donate. Oh, not donate. I'm sorry. Dry cleaners. Winthrop. Or Winthrop or whatever his name is. So Kate is like, oh honey, what about your jacket? You know, the jacket that was hanging on the hook by the door that's got that gold pen in there, which I'm sure Edward's going to discover that it's not there. Yeah. You take this jacket for me, Winthrop. <laughs> it would make my day. <laughs> Where's my gold pen? Oh, are you sure you put it in your coat? Yeah, I'm absolutely sure. I remember the last time I saw it, too. Ledge was admiring it. <laughs> he wanted to know if it was real gold. Well, you think he stole it? <laughs> so, of course, Edward goes to get his jacket. He's looking for his pen. It's not there. And Kate's like, are you sure that you put it in there? And he's like, yeah, I remember exactly because Ledge was admiring it. And Kate's like, you really think that he would take it? And Edward, he, they all hear that La Cucaracha horn. And right away it's like, yeah, I can most certainly 100% say that I think he did. <laughs> My gold pen would sure pay for Ledge's nice new horn, wouldn't it? <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry, Winthrop, here. Thank you. 
that juvenile delinquent. You're not even sure he took it. Oh, grow up, Kate. He had the opportunity, had the motive, and it'd be just like him to do something like that. Well, I think you're jumping to conclusions. Well, why, why don't I go look in the library? Go ahead. You're wasting your time. That pen is now playing La Cucaracha. <laughs> Return it whenever you want. Thanks, Jake. Rick, that's your umbrella. I know, but it might rain. And Ledge can't get the top of his car up. <laughs> Heard your new horn. Hmm? Nice tune. <laughs> it plays 75 others, including Ave Maria. <laughs> I made a station wagon full of nuns cry. <laughs> You know, I'm reminded of the fact that just a few days ago, you didn't have enough money to buy a new horn. And <laughs> now you do. <laughs> Life, huh? I came into some money. Really? Mm. How fortunate. Yep. Well, I gotta go. Catch you later. <laughs> Rick? you have any notes from school you need me to sign? No, I don't. That's good, because I don't have my gold pen anymore. What happened to it? Well, either it got up and walked away by itself, <laughs> or your friend stole it. You know, Dad, I've kept cool about this, but I'm going to come right out and say it. You just don't like Ledge. <laughs> Son, he took my pen to pay for that stupid horn. He explained where he got the money. He, he came into it. <laughs> right. Come on. What is the fascination with this guy? Dad, he shaves twice a week. <laughs> He's going out with a 24-year-old waitress named Susie. The guy is a legend. He's teaching me a lot. He's garbage. That's what I'm afraid of. I'm sorry you don't like Ledge, because I do. Son, I just want you to be your own person. Not some hot-rotting, bee-bopping, jive-talking, Jake-calling pen-stealer. You have no proof of that. And you have no right to tell me my friend should be. A parent just doesn't understand. Oh, was that another thing that Ledge said? No. He wrote a song about it. So Kate decides to go look in the library for the pen, and Edward's like, well, go look, but you're not going to find it because that little punk stole it. So Rick comes in with Ledge, says, here, Ledge, here's my umbrella. And Edward's like, Rick, that's your umbrella. Why are you giving that to him? And apparently Ledge's, the the top on his car won't go up, so he needs an umbrella. Like, that's going to do any good. And Edward's like, oh, yeah, I uh, I noticed your horn out there is playing La Cucaracha. Uh, you must have come into some money, huh? I mean, to be able to get that. And Ledge is like, oh, yeah, I, I, I came into some money. And right, it, it's interesting. Edward is not trying to be too subtle with this. He is just, yeah. So 
Ledge says the horn plays like 75 other tunes and one which is Ava Maria and it made a whole bunch of nuns cry. Like, ugh. So, Ledge leaves. Edward says, oh, Rick, you got any more permission slips you need me to sign? Because I don't have my gold pen anymore. And it pretty much goes into, I think your friend took it. Rick gets defensive, like, hey, look... Oh, uh, Edward says, yeah, either the pen got up and walked away or your friend stole it. So Rick is like, I'm going to go out on a limb here, basically, and say, uh, you don't like Ledge. It's like, well, no, the guy, To I think the guy's kind of garbage. I think he is just rude and... He's just not a good influence for Rick. And Edward even goes to the, gets to the point where he's like, what do you like about this kid? And Rick is just saying, like, oh, he shaves twice a week. And he's dating a 24-year-old waitress named Susie. And Rick's like, the guy is a legend and he's teaching me a lot. Like, he's teaching you the wrong thing. Do you want to learn from somebody? You learn from your dad, all right? And Rick's like, I'm sorry that you don't like Ledge, but I like him. And Edward says, son, I just want you to be your own person. It's like, and by hanging out with Ledge, he's really not. He's kind of emulating, like, the swagger and calling people Jake and this and that. And it's like, can't you ever just be yourself without taking on another persona of someone else? Just because... And he's listing things about Ledge, like, oh, he shaves twice a week. He's dating a 24-year-old. It's like, those are the reasons you like him? I mean, that says nothing about this guy's personality. So Rick, of course, is saying, hey, you know how you have no proof that he stole that pen, and you can't tell me who I can hang out with. Really? He can't? Really? You're telling me that no parent in the world could say, hey, I don't like who you're hanging out with. I would rather you didn't. Yeah, right. And of course, Rick quotes the parents just don't understand. Now, that was a song. I swear it was a song. I I know it's a song. Fresh Prince. Will Smith sang that song. And DJ Jazzy Jeff. Thank you, Jeremy. But, yeah. So, with that disagreement, they're both at odds. So, Rick just goes upstairs. We cut to his bedroom. He's wearing a Danny Zuko T-Bird leather jacket. So Alfonso's like, hey, where's Ledge? The drag race is starting half an hour since Rick is getting Ledge's paper put together. Is that guy even going to show up? What do I get the impression that he's not? He's just using them to write his paper and there's no such thing as any drag races. That's what I'm kind of going with here. So apparently, according to Alfonso, it takes 45 minutes to even get to this drag race place. And the races apparently start in a half hour. Yeah, you're not going to make it. So Alfonso can't... Oh, probably because Alfonso didn't do a favor for Ledge. So that's why he's got he's out. He can't go to the drag races. That sucks. Then why is Alfonso there? <laughs> Alfonso asks if Rick will play checkers with him. And Rick's like, oh, yeah. There's still time in life to play those little simple childlike games. Fourteen games! And Rick is stewing in his own anger right now because where is Ledge? 
Rick is probably thinking, I'm going to beat that guy's butt. I don't care if he's two years older than me. I am so angry right now. And Rick's like, I can't even concentrate on checkers. Where's Ledge? And Alphonse is like, oh, take it easy. Rick, he's only three hours. Three hours late? Are you kidding me? He's not coming. Those drag races are over. They're done. He got your dad's gold pen, went and got the money, and said, Sayonara, Rick, whatever, Jake, whatever your name is, I'm done with you. Alphonse was like, oh, well, maybe he had an accident. Maybe he took his hands off the wheel to do this with the, uh, the o double hand okay sign. Alfonso, wow, you are a good cheerer upper. <laughs> Not really. It's like, hey, Rick, maybe he just dropped you or ditched you to go have fun with other people. Well, Alfonso probably isn't wrong. He probably went to go have fun with other 16-year-olds or 18-year-olds or 21 or 24-year-olds. Maybe he's out hanging out with his 24-year-old waitress girlfriend. I don't know. That's 14 games for me and 10 for you. <laughs> I can't concentrate on checkers. What happened to Lynch? He's only three hours late. <laughs> he could have had an accident. Maybe he was driving along and took his hands off the wheel to do this. <laughs> I hope not. Don't feel so bad, Rick. He just probably decided to ditch you and go have fun with other people. Rich <laughs> wouldn't do that to a friend. He has a code. He lives by it. I'm going to call his place again. I'm sure he's not there. Hello? Hi, Lynch. It's Rick. I can hardly hear you. Will you turn on TV? Oh. Those are real people laughing and having fun. I'm barely at a bar. What happened to the drag races? That good, huh? Thought you were supposed to take me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'll catch you later. Jake. So Rick calls up Jake. I mean, Ledge. <laughs> Whoopsie. And he's like, oh, turn down the TV. Are you at home? You're not at home? That sounds like real people laughing in the background. Oh, what about the drag races? Oh, you forgot me? I thought you were going to take me. You're not? Okay, well, later. He hangs up the phone. Jake. <laughs> Poor Rick feels so hurt and abandoned. It's like, you have Alfonso right next to you, your buddy who played like 24 rounds of checkers with you. He's not abandoned you. He'll hang out with you. See, Rick, this is why you don't need to hang out with creeps like Ledge. You just, you don't. But you do need to find out what happened to that gold pen. Please tell me they find out what happened to that gold pen because I need to know. I want closure. Uh, Kate and Edward come back from... I'm not sure where they went, but it looks like it's raining outside. Is it raining? It's not raining. I don't know what that was. That's not rain in the background as they open the door. So apparently Edward stuffed himself at Kung Pao Gardens. Like, I never want to eat there again. It's like, that's why you don't stuff yourself to the point where you're uncomfortable. If you feel you're getting full, stop. You don't want to be uncomfortably full. Trust me. I've done it. It's not good. 
you can always probably get a little take-home container for later, which is what we did when we went to Applebee's. Like, we're not going to finish it. I'm getting full. I don't want to be uncomfortably full. Let's take these things home. We'll have them for lunch. And that's exactly what we're doing today. We're going to have our leftover Applebee's for lunch. Oh, there's the pen. It's on the table with a note. Let's find out. Where did that pen come from? Was it from Rick? Did he wrestle it out of uh, Ledge's hands? How'd he get the pen? I want deets. Give me deets. <laughs> My pen. And there's a note from the butler. Dear sir, this pen was retrieved from the lining of your sport coat by Swifty's dry cleaning service. Oh, so... Okay. <gasps> How about that? <laughs> that was nice of Swifty's to return it. Looks like the world is full of honest people. Yeah, really. It also looks like Ledge uh, really did come into some money. I guess. Probably stole somebody else's pen. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I guess I was a little quick to judge, because I can't stand the bum. Alfonso. What are you doing here? I was hanging out with Rick. He's home. <laughs> he didn't go to the drag races? Uh, no. Oops, got a split. Bye. Wait. Uh, I'll give you a ride home. Thanks. I think you ought to apologize to Rick. Right. I think now that I have my pen, I could just write him a note. <laughs> Come on. Just go apologize to your son. Edward apparently did not check all the pockets of that suit jacket because the butler said, oh, the dry cleaners found your pen in the lining of your coat. He only checked one area of that suit jacket, maybe like the pocket on the front of it. Oh, Edward, Edward, Edward. So Edward was wrong about, le well, in fact, that he didn't steal his pen. But now he's like, oh, I guess I gotta go apologize. Oh, man. Well, when he makes a joke, like, oh, maybe he came into some money like he stole someone else's pen or something. Alfonso comes downstairs, which Edward and Kate are like, Alfonso, what are you doing here? He's like, yeah, I was hanging out with Rick. And they're like, Rick's here? I thought he was supposed to be at the drag races. It's like, well, see ya. But Kate's like, oh, no, wait, I'll give you a ride. So uh, Alfonso was just gonna walk home? Or he probably rode his bike. But then again, it's dark outside. Where does Dexter live? I wouldn't be going outside in the dark. Not if I could help it. So, yep, Edward's got to go up and apologize to his son. Say, I was wrong. I'm sorry. I still don't like that ledge kid. But then again, I don't think Rick really wants to hang out with this guy after this whole ditching him thing. I mean, would you want to hang out with someone who ditched your butt and didn't even have a good excuse as to why? I can safely say I bet that friendship is over. So Edward comes upstairs to apologize to Rick. And he's like, oh, I thought you'd be at the drag races. And Rick's like, well, no, I had a paper to finish on John F. Kennedy. And Edward says, you know, that's why I admired about John F. Kennedy was the fact that he could admit when he was wrong. 
Oh, he's refer Edward's referring to himself about how he thought, you know, that, you know, admitting when you're wrong, you know, he's just said so admirable and so endearing and so human. It's like, yeah, those are good qualities to have. So Rick just kind of looks at his dad like, so what are you wrong about? And Edward holds up the pen, the gold pen that he claimed that Ledge stole. Turns out it was down, the pen was down in the lining of the coat. I don't know how it got in there. Maybe there's a hole in your suit jacket, your jacket that, sometimes that happens, you know, sometimes you'll get like a, you'll put something somewhere and then you'll realize like it's not in the pocket, but somehow there's like a hole or something that the thing would get down into the lining, which sucks because then you got to try to like push it up through the hole to be able to get it out i've had that happen with something like when i was like a teenager or a kid with my coat maybe it was with a bag it was something and of course Rick's like well i told you ledge didn't steal it so edward sits down across the table from rick and says i was so sure that kid was no good it's like i was looking for something wrong about him so i could be right about him not being a good kid. Well, Edward, as hard as it was to admit this, like, I guess that kid has more character than I gave him credit for. Oh, it must really hurt him to have to say that. Of course, Rick's like, you're wrong again, Dad. And Rick reveals that Ledge isn't, it just, he's not really a, a great guy. And the reason that... Rick didn't get to go to the races. It's because Ledge found something better to do. And Rick reveals that he was being taken advantage of. That Ledge was taking advantage of him with gas money. Which, well, how, I mean. Unless he flat out said at the beginning, like, I will give you a ride home, Rick, but I expect gas money. That's one thing. But to just take home, him home and say, hey, I need gas money. Like, no, if you're going to give someone rides home and you want to charge them, then you need to bring that up before you take that person home. Doing his homework, yes, that is definitely taking advantage of you and then making some promise that isn't going to happen, basically. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. And he's pro you're not the first one he's probably done this to, Rick. He's probably found other kids that just want to hang out with him for the appeal of hanging out with the older guy that's got a car. Yeah, they'll more than gladly do the homework <coughs> for Ledge. Just to have that level of cool, that cool factor. And Rick admits to following him or Ledge around like a little puppy. He's like, yeah, you kind of were. Oh, you know, Rick, honestly, he had to learn a hard lesson. It's like sometimes people that you admire, you don't really, you're not admiring you know, they're good qualities, and which Ledge really doesn't have any good qualities from what I can see. I mean, the fact that he only, Rick only admired the fact that this guy could shave like twice a week, or he's got a 24-year-old girlfriend, or he's got a sweet ride. It's like, those aren't, that's not, those are actions. That's not a personality. Why can't you admire someone for you know, the good that they do, or the fact that they're a kind and good and funny person. Or they're a good role model. So I'm gonna play this clip. I like Edward's, you know, he's giving his son advice. It's like Rick says he feels stupid for 
you know, just following Ledge around like a little puppy dog and looking up to him and everything like that. And Edward even says, like, you can't feel stupid every time someone lets you down. Hi, son. Oh, hi, Dad. You didn't go to the drag races, huh? No, I had to finish some schoolwork. Paper on John F. Kennedy. Oh. You know, I always admired John F. Kennedy because he could admit when he was wrong. I always thought that was so admirable, so endearing, so human, so mature, so... So what are you wrong about? found my pen. See, it was somehow down in the lining of my coat. I told you Ledge didn't steal it. I was so sure that kid was no good, I wanted to find something wrong, no matter if it was true or not. I guess he has more character than I gave him credit for. You're wrong again, Dad. <laughs> isn't such a great guy. You see, the reason I didn't go to the races tonight is because he had something better to do. He was just taking advantage of me. I was giving him gas money, doing his homework, following him around like a little puppy. I wanted to be just like him. should have listened to you. I feel so stupid. Come on, you can't feel stupid every time somebody disappoints you. You find through life, son, that people are like, like shoes. Huh? Well, what I mean is you got to try on all kinds of different styles before you decide what you really want. And sometimes what seems really great in the store winds up pinching your feet and giving you blisters. <laughs> See, you can't blame yourself. It happens to everybody. Makes sense, Dad. Good. But I have to disagree with you on one thing. What's that? I think people are more like raincoats. Or maybe waffle iron. Maybe lawnmowers. So Edward says you can't feel stupid when, you know, every time that someone disappoints you. In a way, like, oh... I was so stupid to fall for that guy's charm and how he impressed me with the fact that he can shave twice a week. He's got a car and a 24-year-old girlfriend. It's like, yeah, you were just impressed with the image and the fact that this older guy even wanted to pay any attention to you. I get it. So Edward has an interesting analogy here as he compares people to shoes. He says, you'll find in life that people are a lot like shoes. Like, you try them on in the, st in the store and they fit fine and everything. But once you get home, you realize they're kind of tight and they or they might pinch. It's like, well, that means basically that your shoes got to be broken in a little bit, you know? And just because you try it out in the store, you take like two or three steps. Like, oh, they fit fine. And then you get home. It's like, yeah, because they're tight and they have to mold too. You know, your foot and everything. You gotta break them in. That's the whole point of breaking in a new shoe. 
And even Rick is like, what are you talking about, Dad? How are people like shoes? You gotta try on all kinds of different styles of shoes before you decide what you really want. And Everett says, sometimes something that seems really great in the store isn't so great once you get it home. Oh, it winds up pinching your feet and giving you blisters. What kind of shoes are you wearing that would give you blisters? And Everett says, you know, you can't blame yourself. It happens to everybody. Yeah, sometimes I think that is with people, like, you're interested in their image, basically, and what they project, and the fact, like, oh, this person's so cool, they want to hang out with me. You never, ever, ever second-guess, like, oh, why are they hanging out with me? That's kind of weird. You know, why do they, like, you know, you don't really think about it until you start getting taken advantage of. Like, hey, you do this for me, I'll do this for you, and then the person never comes through with their favor. That's why you look past the image. I mean, I've had some friends and stuff like that where they seem cool at first and they're good to hang out with, but after a while you really start to see that person for who they are. and You realize, this person isn't good for me. They're not, I'm not getting anything out of this friendship other than they're using me for something. So, they get up and start to walk towards the door, and Rick's like, well, I agree with everything except for the whole shoe metaphor. I think people are more like raincoats. And Everett's like, well, or maybe waffle irons, as he puts his arm around, you know, his son's shoulders. And Rick's like, maybe lawnmowers. Like, what are you guys even talking about anymore? I thought he's like, yeah, okay, they're like raincoats, right? People are like raincoats? How? Why? Why did you bring up raincoats? We don't get an answer to that question. I think they're just throwing words out there in the air for fun. Alright, now we get to the ending scene where Rick has Ledge's paper. He's coming over to collect it. And the fact that Alfonso's like, I can't believe you did that guy's paper after he treated you like garbage. So let's find out. I bet he, like, Rick did something to the paper. Like, oh, I didn't actually write it on JFK. How's it going, Jake? Oh, hi, Ledge. So you need a ride to school? No, thanks. I can't afford it. I don't have $5. Oh, I get it. You're a little bummed because of the drag races. Listen, I was thinking of calling you, but... Some people came over, one thing led to another. Where's my Kennedy paper? Oh, Kennedy paper, it's right here. I have it researched, typed, and footnoted. All right, it's due this morning. Catch you later, Jake. I don't believe you gave him that Kennedy paper after what he did to you the other night. Here's a copy of it. Read it. <laughs> John F. Kennedy, a great American. John F. Kennedy was the 35th president of the United States. Before that, he was a senator of Massachusetts. And before that, he had a balloon farm on Mars? <laughs> Rick, you'll probably get an F on this paper. You'll get an F, you will. Yes! So yeah, Ledge comes and says, hey, Rick, you want to ride to school? And Rick's like, no, I can't afford it. I can't afford the $5. 
So, Ledge is like, hey, I'm sorry about the whole thing with the drag races. And where's my paper on JFK, John F. Kennedy? And Rex is like, oh, there you go. Typed, footnoted, bibliography, it's all there. So, all right. Ledge leaves. Alfonso's like, why did you write his paper after the way he treated you? And Rick's like, here, I have a copy of it. Just read it. And some of the stuff, you know, was true about, you know, Massachusetts, the 35th president, all that jazz. Then Alfonso reads the third line about him being a balloon farmer on Mars. And he's like, Rick, you're going to get an F on this paper. More like, I'm not getting an F. That's on ledge. So, yeah, he got him back good. Like, sweet. So I take it Rick ditched the leather jacket. So that's the episode. Um, As far as for the rating for this episode, I'm honestly going to rate it a 2 out of 5. It wasn't my favorite. Now, it doesn't rank with the Season 2 Mr. President episode of Silver Spoons, which in my mind was the worst Silver Spoons episode to date. This one was just really lackluster. It's like, eh. Pretty, you know, simple, basic premise. You know, Rick prefers an older kid that turns out to be um, kind of a garbage person in a way. I mean, as far as he's just using Rick and his intention, he's just not a good influence and everything. I guess maybe not so much. I mean... I guess I should not say garbage person because it's not like he actually stole that pen. If he had, that'd be something different. But it's just, I'm happy that Rick realized that this was not someone. You're not getting anything out of this friendship. He's basically taking advantage of you. Having you do his homework in exchange for taking you places. And it's just, Rick just... And it stinks that sometimes in these shows, the characters learn these lessons, but then they always go back to making the same mistakes over and over to the point where you're like, we've covered this. Why are we still covering it? And stuff like that. But, yeah. Rick just wants to hang out with the older kids. I get it. Yeah, he's gonna get... Rick's gonna get there. He's gonna get to the point where he can have a license and stuff like that and drive around. But it just... I <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's cool we got to see Alfonso. We got to see uh, a butler we've never seen and we may never see again. But, uh, yeah. Um, I noticed, I probably said, where's your wedding ring, Edward? Because in the wedding episode, which was just uh, last Sunday, he put a ring on Kate's finger, but... She didn't put a ring on his finger, but later on, I think we do see a wedding ring. So it's like, why did they not put that in the episode of last week? I don't know, but all right, let's talk about next week's. I think the silver spoonful is just going to be that. It's like, just be wary of who you have as your friends and the reasons why you hang out with someone. If you hang out with someone because just because they have a car, because they do stuff that impresses you. It's like, what really are you benefiting from that friendship? And is it really a considered friendship? Is it more like, oh, it's an acquaintance that helps me out and stuff like that? Or, uh, just stuff like, it's like, yeah, is it really a he healthy friendship, a healthy relationship at all for you to, and for Rick, no. 
But he learned a lesson in this to be wise to who your friends are. You got Freddy, you got Alfonso. Eventually, we're going to meet this Brad character later on that's supposed to be a Derek Taylor 2.0, which, no. Nobody will replace Jason Bateman ever, and my heart is Derek Taylor. Alright, the next episode is going to be Season 3, Episode 19, entitled Trouble with Words, which aired on February 24th, 1985. When Alfonso is not doing well in school, Dex thinks he is spending too much time on his dancing. And when Alfonso's grades don't improve, Dex forbids from Dex forbids Alfonso from entering a, di- a dance competition. But Bruce Jenner, who is trying out some exercise equipment Edward has developed, thinks he knows what Alfonso's problem is. Is Alfonso maybe dyslexic? Is he ADD? ADHD? I don't know. Um, it does have Caitlyn Jenner here listed in the credits now. Is no longer Bruce Jenner. Or she doesn't go by that anymore. So, but it does say Bruce Jenner in the description. This episode, ooh, this episode's only got a 6.8. The last episode had a 7.2. Okay, um... We'll get into that next week. So yeah, we are hitting. We are almost done with season three. So after that, it's going to be Hot Shots. All the principal's men. Okay. Eh, what's going on? Okay. Return of the Paisley Conspiracy. Uh, where. Edward's old band buddy or singer buddy or whatever. He had a little band of sorts is going to come back and they're going to sing and Edward misses some father-son banquet, which that would pee me off majorly, yeah. The Secret Life of Ricky Stratton. (laughs) Rick feels bad about himself when he sees how gorgeous his computer date is. So is this kind of like 1980s catfishing? I'll have to see. Alright, the Season 3 finale is entitled The Babysitters. Rick babysits a girl he suspects was taken from her mother by her father. Notice how in Punky Brewster, when did they cover the Milk Does a Body Good episode? So this episode of Silver Spoons, the finale was in April 1985. When was this one? Let's see here. Search Love My Neighbor Gift. December... First, 1985 is when the Milk Does a Body Good episode. Punky and Cherry learned that a girl who moved into the building recently was kidnapped by her divorced father, and they are both living in the building under assumed names. This episode of Punky Brewster was the girl in question, played by Candace Cameron Bure, or Candace Cameron at the time. So, also, there's an episode of Small Wonder that also deals with the same thing. It's always a daughter who's been kidnapped by a father. It's never a son who's been kidnapped by a mother. So, interesting. So, yep, six more episodes left, and we are done with season three. If you've been listening to the past episodes, you know I will be finishing season three in September, and then I will be taking a little bit of a break, and season four of Silver Spoons will start in January. In the meantime, we have some holiday episodes in Season 3 that I skipped over. There's going to be an episode in 
October. Uh, Halloween-ish. It was a dark and stormy night episode in late early season three. There's a two-part Thanksgiving episode, and there is a Christmas episode. So you'll still get an episode in October, a two-part in November, and one in December, and then season four will start in January. I just kind of wanted to take a small break just so that way um, I can really focus on Full House. It's my podcast for that. It's got a lot of episodes um, coming with that. Um, there's going to be six episodes in September, my back-to-school theme. October's going to have two episodes, one of Full House and Fuller House that are Halloween-themed. And two episodes of Thanksgiving-themed episodes in November, one's a Full House, one's a Fuller House, and then we have a bunch of Christmas episodes of Full House and one of Fuller House for season for um for the Christmas season. So yeah, yeah. And then in January we'll start the Jesse Becky arc. The story of Jesse and Becky. From the meeting to their almost elopement, their engagement, their marriage them finding out they're pregnant, and then the birth of the twins, and then we'll close that out with the Fuller House episode of their 25th wedding anniversary where they renew their vows. So yeah, a lot of good fun stuff is coming. So I hope all of you have a wonderful, wonderful week as we have the final week of summer. I mean, not officially. Fall doesn't start until February 23rd. But, we all kind of know that after August, school's in session. It's basically fall without officially being fall, right? Right. So, alright everybody. Like I said, have a wonderful week. And again, thank you for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to leave a review, you can go to iTunes Type in Punky Power. That's where you find all the Punky Brewster episodes and all the Silver Spoons episodes. They kind of share that same banner there. So you can leave a five-star review. It would mean the world to me. Um, There was a review up there that had been there for over two years. And all of a sudden now it's not there anymore. Which honestly broke my heart. Really, really hurt. Because I don't know what happened to the review. I was so proud that was my first review just shortly after I started the podcast and now it's not there anymore but if you guys want to leave a review it would mean so much so all right bye bye everybody